So if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, we're going to look at chapter 2 today. But I have a question before we, we, we delve into the scriptures today. And my question is this, and it's a pretty personal question. So I apologize for getting a little personal this morning. But I want to ask you a question. Are you happy? Are you happy? You know, my wife Raquel asks me this question all the time. Like, we'll be sitting on the couch and watching TV, and she'll just come out of nowhere. She goes, are you happy? I'm like, sure, yeah. Why are you asking me that question? And it's a question she always asks because she knows if I'm happy, then all is well in the world. But if I'm unhappy, then all is not well in the world. And she asks quite a, quite, a, quite a lot because she knows if I'm not happy, there's something that's going on, and maybe she can help me with it. But she asks me all this question, and I've discovered that when we are happy... We make good choices. When we are happy, we make sensible decisions. When we are happy, we live more and we want less. However, for the vast majority of Americans, I believe, and it's sad this morning to say this, but I believe the vast majority of Americans, if we asked the question and they were to be totally truthful, are you happy? Most of them would not be able to say they were happy. In fact, just like the 19, uh, 2006 Will Smith film, The Pursuit of Happiness. I thought it was a pretty neat film. If you've I've never seen it, I'll go and watch it. I thought it was pretty neat. But there, each of us are trying to pursue happiness in one way or another. And some actually manage to find true happiness. But most of us fail in our pursuit. Some just give up because they can't find happiness. And then others just keep searching and searching and searching, trying to find true happiness. You know, the word happiness means this. It means a state of well-being characterized by emotions ranging, ranging from contentment to intense joy. So contentment is the starting point, And then intense joy is the end point of happiness. So I ask you today, again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or say anything, but just to yourself, are you happy? Are you happy? This morning we're going to look at four different types of people who pursue happiness. And three of these types of people, this man Solomon, who, who we discovered last week, actually pursued three of these different ways trying to pursue happiness. And so we're going to get right into it today. And we're going to see the very first thing that this man tried to pursue. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 1. He said, I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I have found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. 
I brought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. I had everything a man could desire. This man Solomon decided he wanted to find happiness in life. And so he decided to pursue pleasure. He he decided to pursue pleasure. And the Bible says that he denied himself no good thing. Now, when you're the richest man in the world, you can do pretty much what you want. You can you see it, you go get it. If you if you want, if you see something in the store, you can get it. If you want whatever you want, you can get it. And this man, he went from different pleasure to different pleasure, trying to find happiness in this life. The first thing that we see, he pursued comedy. He said, laughter, I pursued laughter. I mean, honestly, who does not like a good laugh, right? I love to laugh. I mean, laughter is the best medicine of all. I mean, really, who does not think happiness comes in watching either the Tommy Boy movie or Austin Powers? I mean, that is just like hilarious. Happiness is in that, right? But Solomon said, no, laughter and comedy, I did not find happiness. So after comedy, what's the next best thing, right? Alcohol. That's what he said. He says, so I chased after a good wine. What better way to lighten up your mood than have a good glass of red wine? Yeah? But Solomon said, no, I didn't find happiness in alcohol. I just woke up with a raging headache. So he decided, I'm going to act the fool. Because everybody loves the fool, right? You've got your group of friends and there's always the serious one. And then there's always the fool. The one who's just like silly and, and crazy and, and, and just does crazy things. Well, Solomon decided to act the fool. But he realized that acting the fool, there was not happiness in that. So he decided, okay, I'm going to chase some material things to try to find happiness in this life. So he decided to build himself a big old house. Because really, happiness comes in your dream home. You know, every one of us, I'm sure we've got a dream home. That we're thinking of in our minds. While Solomon got his dream home. But yet something was missing when he moved into his dream home. So he decided, okay, instead of staying in my home, I'm going to explore the great outdoors. I'm going to look at God's beautiful creation. Because happiness comes in God's beautiful creation. But yet for Solomon, he didn't find happiness or meaning. In God's beautiful creation. Nothing's better than climbing a big old mountain. I think so anyway. But Solomon said no. It's meaningless. So we decided, okay, everybody needs a hobby. Because everyone needs a hobby. Whether you play fantasy football uh, or you knit. Everybody needs a hobby. I like to play golf. But I know one thing. When you pursue a hobby, it might bring some kind of pleasure. It might take your mind off things, but you do not find true happiness and meaning in life through a hobby. This man became a gardener. He went out and he 
he got the best landscapers he could find. And he, he got the best garden you can imagine. But it did not find him happiness. So he turned to getting himself some help in the house. So he got himself some maids and some servants. Because you know, ladies, you know, if you just got some help in your house to clean your house, then you would be happy, right? Solomon said no. Happiness was not found that found there. Then he goes on and, and, and he searched after the latest things of the day. For Solomon, it was probably the latest uh, chariot or the latest piece of armor. He thought that would make it happy. But for us today, it would be like the latest gadget. Because let's be honest, people, this morning, there is happiness is found in the latest Apple product, right? When you get an Apple computer, happiness is found there. Unfortunately, Solomon said no. So he decided to to get himself some money. And he says, I'm going to make as much money as I can. He got himself silver and gold. And for us today, some of us may be thinking, if only I can pay my bills and maybe have a little bit extra, I would be happy. When I go to readers, instead of just having a little bit of Italian ice, I could have the gelato instead. That would really make me happy. But for Solomon, he said, money resulted in nothing. So he decided to, to, to uh, find entertainment. He thought maybe entertainment's going to make me happy. So he, he got himself some singers and some actors. Because really, happiness is really found when you can have a day where you do nothing but watch TV, right? But Solomon said, no, happiness is not there. So Solomon decided, okay, I'm clutching at straws here, but this is my last go. This is the last thing in pleasure. I think I'm going to find pleasure in sex. He decided to get himself 300 concubines. These were probably the best looking women in the nation of Israel. And some of you may be thinking this morning, all my worries would end if only I could have sex. And that's probably just the single people. Because the married people are like, yeah, doesn't work like that. Sorry. Solomon tried all these things. He pursued every kind of pleasure that you can imagine. And this was the result. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 9, he said, So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me. And my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take and denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the winds. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. For Solomon, pleasure had become pointless to him. Pursuing happiness and meaning through pleasure had just become totally worthless. And what, I always, what we find, and what we find here with Solomon, and it's the same in our lives. Solomon thought that the more he had, the more satisfied he would become. But yet, what he found was yet, the more he had, the less satisfied he became. And for us today, we may be asking for more and more and more. All we want is a little bit more from, from the... Uh, the richest man in the world who just wants to own another business and make another hundred million dollars to the destitute on the street 
who just wants one more dollar so he can go and get himself some food. Every one of us, all we want is more and more. And this is Solomon. He's seeing his life asking for more and more. And what he found, the more he got, the less he gained. You know, I watched a movie a few weeks ago. It's a really good movie. Uh, it had Michael Douglas in it. It was called Wall Street. And basically, it was all about the traders in Wall Street and all the things that are going on and how much money they can make. And I'll be honest, I watched that movie, and for the next 15 minutes, I Googled how to become a Wall Street trader. Because I'm like, I want that life. That is just like the best life ever. They're making all this money. It's like really like fast-paced, and they can drive these car, fa- uh, fancy cars and get these nice houses. And for the next 15 minutes, I was like, wow, that would be nice to be a Wall Street trader. But then I realized, like, after about 15 minutes, uh, I'd probably have to lose my family and uh, lose my church and uh, lose my life, lose my soul and, and all that sort of stuff. It's not worth it. Because the more that we want, the more we have, the more we want. But yet, happiness is not found through pleasure. So Solomon decided pleasure wasn't cutting it. So I'm going to continue. And this is what happens in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 12. He said, so I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness. For who can do this better than I, the king? I thought wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, where's the value of my wisdom? This is all so meaningless. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So pleasure wasn't cutting it for Solomon. So he decided to pursue knowledge and wisdom instead. Because he thought, if I can become more knowledgeable, then I'm sure I can find true happiness in this life. But the results here show that he failed. And for so many of us, I think we honestly believe, if I can just become better, I would be happy. If I could be a better husband to my wife, I would be happy. If I could be a better wife to my husband... I would be happy. If I could become a better student, then maybe I can get a better job and be happy. If I could just be a better boss and be able to control those crazy employees, I would be happy. If I was a better employee and could just work nicely for my boss, I would be happy. If I could be a better citizen, I would be happy. If I could be a better parent and really know how to parent my kids, then that would make me happy. If I could be a better leader, then I would be happy. For me this morning, I sometimes think if I could be a better pastor, then that would make me happy. If I could be a better budgeter and get all my my ducks in a row, then I would be happy. But the list goes on and on and on and on. But Solomon discovered something about wisdom and knowledge, and that's this. It's on its own, it is pointless, just like chasing the wind. I mean, when I went to university, I graduated with, with a, uh, uh, a degree in politics. 
And let me tell you about a degree in politics. It is pointless. I remember I was, I was about halfway through and I was like, why am I doing this? Just to get a certificate to say I had a degree. And let me just tell you about, to, to, to some of you who are at school or gone back to school. I think it's great that you're at school and you're getting an education to get a head start in this life. But if you think that's going to be the answer to your life, it's not. It's going to help you in this life. But this life goes so quick. Don't spend all your days trying to search for knowledge and gain knowledge. Whether someone is wise or fool, good or bad, knowledgeable or they have little knowledge, the same fate comes to us all, Solomon tells us. He said, basically, everybody passes on and dies. And wisdom is only as good or is only good for as long as that we live on this life. And he said, life is short. So what is the point of all my wisdom? This guy was the wisest man in the whole world. But he realized pursuing wisdom was pointless. For Solomon, he discovered that his greatest gift, that was the gift of wisdom, could not bring him true meaning and happiness that he strived for. So he chased after pleasure and he found nothing. He chased after knowledge and he found nothing. And then the final thing he chased after was hard work. Let's see this. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, uh, chapter 2 and verse 18. Solomon says, I came to hate all my hard work here on earth. For I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill. Then they must leave their fruit and efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all so meaningless. Solomon came to the realization he was a workaholic. He worked and worked and worked. He worked in his kingdom. He worked in his palace. He worked and worked because he thought, if I could just be, uh, work, I would find meaning in life. But he realized, soon realized that his life had been spent building his own little kingdom. And there was something that was very tragic that was about to happen. You know, millions of people around this world Throw themselves into work. And there's not a nation, I think, more in the world, the United States of America, where people throw themselves into work. They boast about their 70 and 80 hour work weeks. They boast about staying up all night or or all weekend trying to meet that deadline. They have such ambition to try and climb the corporate ladder. An ambition to become the best in their field. However, Solomon had some very depressing news for these people. I watched a documentary a few weeks ago on becoming a surgeon at John Hopkins University, and, uh, John Hopkins Hospital. 
And there was this girl there. She was trained to be a surgeon. And she was working, no joke, she was working 130 hours a week. So I had to like get my calculator out. I'm like, how many hours she got left? She had 38 hours left to do laundry, to go to sleep, to visit with friends, to be with family. All in the hope of becoming a surgeon at John Hopkins. And the documentary ended with her quitting. She said, life isn't worth this. Life is not worth giving up 130 hours a week to become something when all my friends and family have just left me because I've got no time for them. And Solomon realized the same thing. He realized that the fruits of your labors basically will be eaten by somebody else. For all your hard work and anxiety, all that you're going to be left with in life is just grief and pain. And you may say, well, look at all the things I can get with all my hard work. Look at all the pleasures I can have. Well, Solomon said, there's no happiness or meaning in pleasure. Solomon has already told us that pleasure is meaningless. So what's the point in spending all our lives working and working and working because true happiness will not be there? And when we try to pursue our life through our work, life becomes meaningless, like chasing the wind. I'm just glad we're not stopping here because it's pretty depressing so far, right? There's another way that you can pursue happiness. Solomon knew about it, but Solomon did not pursue it. And we find it here at the very end of Ecclesiastes chapter 2. In verse 24, it says, So I decided there is nothing better in life than to enjoy good food and good drink. Because if you can't find happiness in life, you might as well eat and drink. And then he decided to find satisfaction in work. So then I realized that these pleasures are actually from the hand of God. Who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. There is one final way that we can, fi- we can try to find meaning and true happiness in life. And sadly for Solomon, he didn't pursue this, this path. In fact, we see that Solomon became very cynical of those people who did pursue this path. Solomon discovered in his life, he discovered that pleasures and work come from one place. He discovered that his wisdom and his knowledge came from one place. And that place was the very throne room of heaven. It was from the very hand of God. We see in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26, Solomon made this statement. He said, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. True happiness is really joy. Joy, I mean, happiness can be easily swayed by emotions. But when you have a true joy in your life, Whatever goes on in your life, it does not affect your joy. 
And the problem for Solomon, Solomon had stopped pursuing God and instead he pursued to please himself. And the result was a failure. He stopped pursuing to please God and instead pursued to please himself. True joy and happiness only comes out of a pursuit to please God. I mean, when we read the Bible, the Bible is a love story of how we can please God. And he gives us instruction after instruction how to please him. But yet at the very basic level of pleasing God, there is one thing above everything else that we must do. You may ask today, well, how do I really please God? Well, if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. It says there, And it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. So if true meaning and happiness in this life is found in pursuing to please God, and you can't please God without faith, then your starting point has to be faith. You may ask, well, what really is faith? Well, Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us this. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. Faith is very easy to define. It's hoping for what we ask God for. And then it's believing even though we can't see. Believing even though we can't see. Believing even though we don't understand. Believing, even if we don't even know what God is doing up there. Believing if we can't even hear God, feel God, sense God, smell God. It is believing who God is. Solomon pursued everything he could see. But he stopped pursuing what he could not see. And today faith is this. Faith is believing in God. Believe in who God says he is. And then acting upon what he tells us to do. That's faith in a nutshell. Believe in who God says he is. And then acting on what he tells us to do. And if you have a life where you pursue to please God. The result is a life of true joy. A life where you will gain incredible wisdom and knowledge. One of my favorite quotes, I'm not even sure who, who, who wrote this quote, but I've heard it many times and I really like it. This, it says, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breaths away. Life is not measured by the breaths that we take, But instead, it's measured by the moments that take our breath away. And when you believe in God, believing in who He says He is, and believing what He has done for you, there comes an aha moment in our lives. Then as you continue on that journey of faith, and you pursue to please God, and you say, you give your life to please God the more aha moments come. And then one day you will look back on your, your life and you will realize that those aha moments are actually the moments that took your breath away. 
because life is measured by the moments that take our breath away. There are many breaths that we can take, but our breaths will not bring true happiness. Yet, Jesus Christ came to this earth and his breath was taken away. He died for our sins and the sins of mankind to the point he had no more breath. And now, then he came back to life and it is now through his breath within us that we can have the faith that pleases God. And in return, God gives us moments in this life that are filled with wisdom, understanding, and joy. As we close today, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile, This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Jesus came to this this world and he said, I will give you life and life more abundant or life to the full. And the way that you receive that life is through faith in him. And you may be in this place today and you may have never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never had faith in God. You may believe maybe there's a God up there, but you've never had faith in God. Well, today is the day that you can receive that life that Jesus is talking about. You may be like Solomon and you may be pursuing everything, all the pleasures of this world, and you'll be finding them empty. You've been trying to pursue knowledge and wisdom and gain greater understanding, but it's left you empty. Or you've been trying to pursue work and work and work and work, trying to get more and more, but it's left you empty. Solomon said it's like chasing the wind, meaningless. But when you have a life of faith and a life that pleases God, God brings wisdom, understanding, and joy. And your pursuit of happiness will be long over. So if that's you today, you can find life in Jesus Christ. There may be others today. You may be in this place and you, and you may have come in and you, you already have faith in God or what you call faith. But you know that your life is not a life that is pleasing God. You know you're not pursuing to please God. Instead, you're pursuing all these other things. And God may be just an afterthought. But if you please God you will find what you are looking for. Let's pray.